It's a peaceful protest. We walking, raising awareness. Some of the injustice that we've been seeing is not okay. And as a young person, you gotta you gotta listen to our perspective. Our voices need to be heard. People are gonna look back. Our kids are gonna look back at this and say, "You were a part of that." I got a grandfather that marched next to Dr. King in the '60s, and he was amazing. He would be proud to see us all here. We gotta keep pushing forward. Sports are like the reward of a functional society. Sirius XM Sports presents Forward Progress, a weekly open conversation on race and sports in America. Here are your hosts, Jason Jackson and Kirk Morrison. Welcome to the program, and as Kirk Morrison continues to travel, all of the gridirons around the nation, our, our celebrity special guests continue on Forward Progress. Not me, I'm Jason Jackson. I'm just merely here with you talking about race and sports every Wednesday. A man who helped plant the seeds for Forward Progress and my partner every Sunday morning on NBA radio is Amin El Hassan and joins us this week. My man, it's great to have you with us. I know you're busy out there making Las Vegas work for summer league. So we appreciate you swinging by. Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here and happy to play the role in the formation of this show. I think it's a very important show. I, I love that Sirius XM and our, you know, our bosses saw its importance and unlike a lot of other places where it was a hot thing last summer and now yeah. we're back to business as usual and here at Sirius XM, it's been a priority. And this show has continued, and I think we do a great job, you and Kirk, obviously. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. A little bit later in the program, we're going to dive a little bit deeper inside athlete mental health, as it's something we talk about more and more, or taking seriously more and more. And Misty Buck, a uh, colleague here in Paradise, uh, will join us on the program. Uh, she runs a fantastic organization, Purpose Soul Athletics. You can check it out at PurposeSoulAthletics.com. And also, we're going to talk about the World Games. Uh, the World Games usually are in the year after the Summer Olympics. Um, now they're the year after the year because of the pushback of the Tokyo Games. Uh, their CEO, Nick Sellers, their CMO, Chief Marketing Officer, Pam Cook, will join us a little bit later. Uh, Birmingham, I mean, fought the world to have mm -hmm. these games, won it, and then had to pause. I wonder how that's affecting things. We'll discuss that in, in a little bit as well. But first, uh, probably the, the, the most egregious confluence of our topics here on Forward Progress occurred in Denver this week. I, I don't know how to even get in into what happened between the Marlins and the Rockies when you had clearly in audio a racial slur uh, descend down on the field as Lewis Brinson, a, a rising star in the Marlins organization, now just hot with the mothership was at bat. And I was joking with you all fair. I've never been called dinger, but I've been called the <laughs> N word. I know it when I hear it. And the Rockies issued after this incident of the alleged racial slur, my ears allegedly heard that, targeting Brenton when he was up. But apparently they did an investigation of the audio and uh, the organization says that the fan was shouting dinger, the name mm -hmm. of the team's mascot and not uh, a racial slur that sounds relatively similar. Uh, mm -hmm. Early in the week, they put out a statement of means saying that they went through calls and emails and video clips, and the Rockies concluded that the fan was indeed yelling for the Rockies mascot. I call BS because I know what my ears mm -hmm. heard. It's almost that lying eyes thing, right? I don't believe your lying ears. Uh, mm -hmm. But... Wait, wait, I'm assuming that you were able to come out of the intensity of Summer League for a second to get a little taste of this particular story. Where, where are you where are you falling on this? Yeah, I think, you know, first and foremost, people have to understand 
that there is a track record of fans engaging in this kind of behavior. I'm not talking about this particular fan. I'm just saying in general. And as people of color, we are naturally skeptical of the idea that this is all one big misunderstanding. Having said that, Jax, I'm even shocked myself because I'm, as you know, I'm one of the most cynical people when it comes to these topics. I'm inclined to believe the fan and the Rockies on this, and this is why. The guy said, oh, I was calling for the mascot. That sounds to me on the surface is like a horse bleep. Uh, like, oh, no, no, no I, I wasn't saying that. I, I was yeah. saying the mascot's name. I'm, but, I'm, stuck, I'm stuck there. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to you pulling me out because I'm stuck. Part, part of the investigation wasn't just hearing the audio and taking right. interviews. They inspected the video. They have cameras everywhere in these, in these arenas and stadiums. They inspected the video. And in the video, he's beckoning towards the mascot because he's trying to get a picture with the mascot, with his family. He's got his wife. I believe he's got his father-in-law. It, it was a bunch of them, and they wanted to take a picture. So I don't know what he yelled, but it would seem to me that if he was yelling the N-word, there would be a lot more vitriol in his body language, and it would be directed towards the field, towards Lewis Brinson, not towards the mascot. So when I read that, I haven't seen the video. I heard the audio. I haven't seen the video. But when I read that, that was the investigation. There, that's the when I first got to say, well, maybe they're actually, this is really a big misunderstanding. Yeah. But, uh, it was- but, but, but Jax, we got to point, even if it is a misunderstanding, we got to point out the reason why our antenna are raised on this Mm-hmm. is because it does happen and it ain't about a mascot's name or anything like that adam scott the uh the former baltimore oriole former arizona diamondback um you know he had that incident happen to him at fenway mm-hmm. where you know and by the way boston is a town that's known for having this kind of behavior across all sports sure and when he had his incident where he heard it and the people around everybody heard it I'll never forget this. The reaction on talk radio in Boston wasn't, hey, that's just one guy, or hey, he was he said so he said the mascot's name or whatever kind of other excuse you could come up with. The the reaction on sports talk radio there was, how do we know that Adam Scott's telling the truth? Mm. And, and and so remember. And that wasn't 30 years ago, folks. No. That was maybe three or four years ago. So Understand that when Jason is like, I don't know, or you know, or, or other black people are saying, I don't know, I don't, I don't trust this. Like you said, I've never been called a dinger, but I've been called the other word. Yeah. That doesn't come from a place of wild paranoia about things that happened in this country 40 years ago. No, this is stuff that happens today in to 2020 in Joe Biden's America. This stuff is happening every day all across this country. So you have to understand and appreciate the sensitivity with which people approach a topic like this. I was super interested in kind of the PR angle of this and saw that a professor from um, the University of Denver chimed in. I think it was Michelle Baum is her name, said that the 
the initial tweet issued by the Rockies was a misstep, in, in her opinion, as a PR professional. Based on social media banter, this was a reasonable opportunity for the Rockies to, one, acknowledge that an incident may have occurred, two, to restate and remind fans of the organization's zero-tolerance policy, and then three, to let fans know that they're taking this incident seriously and investigating the matter, as they did, as -hmm. they did. Um, Instead, it was like trying to concentrate on let's not get crazy about the possibility of a racial slur that their follow-up tweet the next day after examining everything, I think was on point, obviously. Uh, but now, the, I, I don't think the Rockies have a negative issue here and people are even calling for the name change of Dinger. I'm not, I mean, like, come on, I've, I've said Dinger over highlights right. <laughs> many times over the years. That's not the issue. It's, it's simply, there is this desire to just stamp out the possibility of mm-hmm. any that this could occur at Coors Field. Right. And you just noted uh, that this, this stuff happens in NBA arenas. It happens in other ballparks. Lord knows what happens in when the 70,000 people are together for college and professional football. Uh, we know what happens in uh, an actual football <laughs> and what has occurred around the world uh, with people of darker hued skin and African uh, descent. Now, Jax, I have not seen what the original tweet was. Everything I saw was post-investigation kind of official statements. Do you have the original tweet in question? Let me see if that, I that have the, that. I, I, the one thing I do know I have is some of the claims for the change of the the name of the uh, mascot. I, I'm, I'm like, not. Yeah, I, come on, wait. We ain't going to, I'm the, I'm not there. Like that's, yeah. That's I just, silly. come on. I mean, I, yeah. you know, maybe learn how to say dinger. How about that? Yeah. The heart, there's no hard G in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, they leaned in. Um, let me see if I can find another statement. Um, that it, it I, what I think the, the, the PR professional is noting is that just, just lean into your principles Right. Initially. Well, I think I think it is it, it's worth mentioning. Um I I think there's a way to come out strong on this without implying anything because that's the, the other side of it is um you know how social media works. People pick up on something and then it's very hard to change that tide or to stem that tide and moving in a certain direction. If you later on find out that after further investigation, that didn't happen. Well, if you already right. got people going that way, it's, it's kind of hard for people to come back and say my bad, right. you know? which is, I think that's the feeling I'm, I'm and it's interesting. I might've got it a little confused because they leaned in hard initially. Right. The Rockies are disgusted at the racial slur by a fan directed at okay. Lewis Brinson during the ninth inning of, today's game at that time today's game although the subject was not identified prior to the end of the game the Rockies are still investigating and then they they threw down their zero tolerance policy um so I I I apologize my pullback from that must have been from a PR standpoint you don't have to drive down that road so hard um some in this day and age Mm -hmm. maybe you do I I still believe I will line up with the professor and say it's a great opportunity to talk about your organizational values. Um, 
I don't mind. There's a part of me that doesn't mind that they leaned into the perception initially. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I think you err. Man, I mean, it looks like it's going to be an all's well to ends well situation. Sure. But but I think the thing that we're always, and I, I, I know I'm playing devil's advocate to some extent here, but a lot of times companies don't do things not because they don't believe it, but it's because they're worried about making themselves liable to litigation down the line. I'll give you a corollary, not exactly an apples to apples comparison, but uh, last summer, obviously, when everything happened uh, surrounding George Floyd murder, and there was a, you know, a, a reexamination of how police departments operate and why don't municipalities, the mayors of these cities, why don't they do something about it? I had a friend of mine, uh, a young black woman who lives in Salt Lake City, which you can imagine, you know, mm. is a rarity in and of itself for her. And sure. she was part of a panel of citizens that got to sit down with the mayor of Salt Lake City and say, hey, this stuff happens to your black citizens uh, with the uh, with law enforcement. And they brought examples of uh, particular officers who had done things and then just basically got reassigned re to desk duty or whatever or slaps on the wrist uh, after long investigations, right? And the mayor said, the reason we don't take swift action is because what ends up happening because the, the police union is so strong, many times those officers who we know have engaged in wrongdoing get reinstated on appeal because of you know, whatever legal machinations behind the scenes that happen when you have when you're dealing with a union and as a result become even stronger, more entrenched than they would have been had you not taken the long route from the beginning. Now, from a public standpoint, we're like, where's the I mean, we, we're watching a video of this. Why didn't just get rid of the guy? Right. This is an easy because we think about it like our jobs. You and I, Jax, right now we're on air. If I go off and start saying a bunch of racial slurs and, <laughs> and prejudiced language. Ah, our boss, Sean Butler, picks up the phone and says, I mean, you're fired. That's it. Yeah. But in the case of these, these uh, you know, uh, police officers, they can't do that because there's a due process because that's what's been negotiated in the collective bargaining with the union. And so sometimes what our appetite for the, as a public want in terms of immediacy right cannot be fulfilled or satisfied at the moment. And, and that's why companies will say, well, we're investigating or teams we're investigating. We'll see rather than saying, yeah, this son of a gun who raised son of a gun is out of here, you know, because if he's not, if it turns out, Hey, he didn't say anything. Now you've got a possible litigation on your hands. Yeah. We'll take a quick break when we come back. So great to have a mean with us here on forward progress. And again, for Kirk Morrison, uh, Dive in a conversation we've been having, obviously, with um, Simone and Naomi and so many others that have been so open about the mental health stress of the gig, particularly when you're in an individual sport, team sport as well. Mental health coach specifically for athletes, Misty Buck, joins us next here on Forward Progress. 
You're listening to Forward Progress on Sirius XM Radio. We continue on Forward Progress. Jason Jackson, Amino Hassan, rejoins us in a little bit. But I have to turn to an individual that I refer to as a unicorn. From time to time may have left paradise, but knows full well that there's no place one should be other than in the 305. It simply is not debatable. And we welcome Misty Buck to the program, athlete mental health coach. Uh, check out everything she's working on at Purple. PurposeSoulAthletics.com. Misty, first of all, welcome. Will you please let the people know why I think you're a unicorn? Yes. So, unicorn because I am apparently one of the few born and raised in Miami who still live here. So, I did stray a couple times, but I came back. Miami's home. That's just the way it is. Love to every other state and every other city, but this is my home. (laughs) Hey, listen. You don't have to apologize to anybody. People don't hop on planes, save up their money, put their toes in our sand because we stink. You know what I mean? This uh, yeah, yeah. place I is agree. glorious, but over the years that I've lived here, now twice, came here to work at uh, South Florida's news station back in the mid-90s, WSVN Channel 7. Listen, the worldwide leader called, so I had to go, right? Got to go <laughs> do those 10 winners in Connecticut. And, oh, then, yeah. uh, and then when Shaquille was traded for with the Miami Heat, my life changed forever, and I'm so happy. Uh, that I'm about to enter my 18th season. As a it feels like you've always been here, Jax. I don't think, as a Heat fan, I don't remember you not being here. <laughs> not being here. Uh, here's the thing. you don't, If you don't remember the high top fade and the circle rim glasses, then, uh, then, then quite possibly <laughs> I could debate you. The crazy part is the people who do remember my channel seven days and kind of just wiped the ESPN years out of their mind and think that there was a direct connect Right to uh, to 2004 right. when uh, Shaquille was traded for and Dwayne Wade was uh, just a baby out of Marquette. But we could do that on another show one day. All right. We'll, that's, we'll yeah, that's over, a on, over on NBA Insiders. I wanted to have Thank you on, you. Misty, because we're spending so much time learning more and more about what's going on between the years. We only worry about between the lines because we're fans and we're ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Fan is short for fanatic, which is not a that's not a compliment. Okay, that's why we shortened it up. Uh, as yeah. you've observed the major stories about big stars talking to us about mental health, and it didn't just start with the Olympics or, or uh, Naomi, football players, baseball players, hockey, so on as far, have talked to us. I don't know if we've always listened. Misty, what are you at least appreciating about the fact that we are having an open national, if not global conversation about mental health for athletes? Yeah, I think it's something that has always been there, right? I think mental health and sports have always coexisted, but now we're having these conversations and when they're happening on these, happening on these larger stages, these international stages where, you know, the most two recent examples that are the biggest examples of recent with Simone Biles and Naomi, Naomi Osaka, we see now everyone is getting their attention because they were just flat out saying, I'm not competing. And I think that really grabs our attention, but it really, to me, is circling in this new era of we need to respect and we should respect the entire the whole athlete right so the premise of the book that i wrote was about how you're human and not a robot and i think that that becomes we have to really look at that right as as like respect these individuals as the whole beings that they are the challenge is the approach of sport right that we must persevere, that we must grind, that adversity is breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We've grown so much, Misty, in the last 20 years in how 
we coach, but not necessarily how we care. Mm -hmm. And I know, listen, football had to come a million miles from lying to us about head injuries uh, to having to lay down the money to make sure we're taking care of these gladiators. The game that I cover and, and love so much, professional basketball, seems to have always been on the leading edge of so much, but there isn't necessarily this constant conversation about mental health. Baseball, and I'm no baseball player, it's Neanderthals, right? And, and I think about that grind more than any other sport. Um, all due respect to hockey, there's still two more levels in professional baseball you got to grind through than even hockey that has a minor league system that at least is comparable versus the other two major sports. Is there an athlete that you concern yourself with more in the sense of what they have to go through to get to their dreams coming true? Or is it all just kind of the way that we treat our children? Like we, we, we love all these poor things and we're going to work with them uh, piece by piece because we, we don't think about those individual sports that have been thrown in our face now as real places to think about. And we should have because those are island-based athletes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think, again, like this is about, we're, if we're talking about forward progress, we're talking about, again, respecting the entire person and all of their needs, no matter where they are in their career or whatever that, whatever their level is or wherever that they're at, um, they may have the, the access to resources may be a little bit different in terms of what the organization offers perhaps, but I don't think it changes on an individual level what your needs are. Because again, the fact is, is that we're all human. We all have our own experiences. We all have our own beliefs. We all have things that we need to heal. And when we get down to it, everybody, so, you know, we talk about sort of this, this fanatics, as you mentioned earlier, you know, really when we get down to it, people, every single person on this planet wants to feel love. They want to feel at peace. They want to feel happiness. They want to feel safe. They want to feel healthy, right? We all want the same things. And so we should be allowed to, no matter where we are in our journey, respect those things. And whether that has to come from an individual level where now I have to respect my emotions, right? And acknowledge them and not just stuff them down and, you know, I'll deal with it later or ignore them because I'm tough and I can do that. Or, you know, providing safe spaces here so that they can have these courageous conversations. Misty Buck with us here on Forward Progress. Jason Jackson, Amin El Hassan with us uh, once again in a little bit. She's the author of Athlete mental health playbook. Uh, how, how should a young parent uh, deal with this uh, space? Is that playbook helpful for the, the 25 to 35 year old parent who's just starting their young person uh, at, at let's say Palmer Park in South Miami, Florida uh, with the hopes and dreams that here are a thousand kids running around the field. My kid is the next uh, Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, so we we know parents like that, right? So I think I think you know any any time that you can, you know, one of the other things that I think that we need to work towards again at all levels, starting younger the better, is helping kids acknowledge how they're feeling and where they're really at. Because people, you know, often I think there's this conversation of if you're you're either mentally tough or you're not right or you're mentally tough or you're you're working on your mental health issues and it's like, it's like people look at it as two different spaces and really it exists in the same place because if you want to be mentally tough you have to be work on your mental health right and then if you you know to when you work on your mental health you can be more mentally tough so the more that we work with our young kids and teach them to acknowledge their emotions so parents out there 
one thing I, I the book is really geared for old for not adults but even student athletes but if you have a young kid and you're trying to get them to just open up like one question silly question that i love to ask kids is okay if you were an emoji right now which emoji would you be so just something simple like that to help them start to acknowledge what's going on in their feelings i am the uh, purple devil with the smiling face <laughs> Okay, I know. Yeah, yeah. All right. You don't, you don't want to break that down right now? I mean, we could. You want to have a coaching session real quick? We could do this. What, you, you, <laughs> as long as you bill Purnell. If he gets the bill, I'm good. We got, I got his email address. We're good. <laughs> All right. You strike me as about a, about a grand an hour. So, you know, that, that, that may be. That may, it's, well, you got your head up a little, a little higher, dog. Sure. A little higher, we could do that. Higher. We can do that. We can do that. <laughs> Misty Buck, the president of Miss Inc. LLC, uh, also uh, the author of uh, Athlete Mental Health Playbook, our, our uh, athlete mental health coach and contributor with us here on Forward Progress. I want to talk about this real interesting transition that probably impacts a lot of people that listen. Um, there, there's one stage of of sifting that occurs that is probably the most massive one and it's going from high school to college and i don't even care what level and i'm, I'm fortunately the father of a division one college basketball player uh, right across the street from your alma mater at, at famu and we're so oh, proud hey. of, of jordan and, and the work that he's doing talk to me a little bit about how we should usher that athlete through the the real issue that someone's dealing with when they used to be the big man or big woman on campus and now they're back at the end of the line uh probably trying to dodge and weave <clears throat> a red shirt that really could be a blessing free master's right. degree by the way which i just sold <laughs> to my, there you to go my, there you go my guy. how challenging is that space it is a challenge not everybody always sort of just glides through that transition like we would like them to and i think that you know at, at all stages of our life i think we're constantly being for faced with identity changes as things happen right so i mean you can break that down whichever way you want to go but one of those transitions is from high school athlete like you're saying to college athlete so i think again not just throwing kids into <laughs> here you go you know like figure it out but offering, again, offering resources right. for them. And I think a lot of organizations and programs are starting to do a better job of this. But checking in with them, right? Like, how, how is this experience going for you? And how is the pressure level for you? Because that's one of the big right. issues that we see is this incredible pressure because whatever their motivation is, right? Because they want to keep their scholarship or they want to be the one that breaks the family cycle or they want to be the one that, you know, is the one that, gets to the next level that saves their family financially. What, you know, there's so many different things that kids feel pressure about. And at that age, gosh, you're so young, right? Aren't you still yeah. just so young? And we expect these kids to be just super mature and like adults all of a sudden. So I think really just taking a moment to nurture them. And I'm not, not saying like, you know, I don't want to say nurture and people think, oh, you know, like baby them. I'm not saying that. I'm saying like, just, just I'll give them a space to say what's going on so that they can clear it and you can help them, give them the tools and resources and move forward. I mean, I like to think of it as the things that, you know, I wish I had in those times that I didn't, that I didn't have, you know, <laughs> kind of like being, yeah. being that, being that resource, right? Because the better job you do now, the less there is to, to heal later. You know, we see, especially in the student athlete state in college, I mean, how many stories do we hear about these poor student athletes who are under pressure or they're suicidal and some of them do die by suicide because they just can't take that pressure. 
pressure or whatever is going on with them and they feel like they just don't have that base. So really creating, and this, again, for anybody at any age, but I think really one of the top things is just to create that space and that happens through consistency and showing that you can be someone who's trusted. Missy, thank you so much. Uh, I, I owe you a, a wonderful Miami experience for your, uh, for your time here. I'm so glad that uh, we're connected and that we have so many of the same folks that we uh, appreciate around this space. We so appreciate you. One of Miami's shining stars, Misty Buck, uh, PurposeSoulAthletics.com. Come back and talk to us about uh, Hall of Fame behavioral health soon. Before yeah, I would love to stars. do that. Yeah, yeah, an affiliate of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We just saw the two great classes go in. Nothing better than Coach Johnson uh, preaching yes. about quality uh, quality time left. We need to start. Yes. We've we got a whole other segment for you. It's a whole other conversation. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Hall of Fame, they're doing so, amazing things with, within that program. So I would be honored to do it. And I want to thank you for having me on today. No, the honor is ours. We look forward to seeing you around town and talking to you again here on Forward Progress. We're going to take a quick break, come back and talk about the World Games. It's an 11-day sports celebration held the year following the Summer Olympic Games, except in the year when the Olympics are a year late. <laughs> so they're coming up right now. So uh, that being said, uh, we'll visit with uh, their CEO and CMO right here on Forward Progress. Stay with us. You're listening to Sirius XM Radio. Radio. We now return to Forward Progress. Here's Jason Jackson and Kirk Morrison. The program continues. If you don't know it, if you didn't just hear clearly, it's Forward Progress. Sitting in for Kirk Morrison this week is my man, Amin El Hassan. Don't, don't be afraid. It ain't Sunday. It ain't Sunday morning and it ain't just basketball. So uh, we want to say hello to our good friends in Birmingham, Alabama. They've already, Amin, invited us. I think I heard all expense paid trips uh, to the World <laughs> Games that are coming up. Now, it's a little bit different for the World Games in the sense of timing. And that's nobody's fault. That wasn't Tokyo's fault. That's not their fault. That is a pandemic's fault. The World Games is an 11-day sports celebration held the year following the Summer Olympics. So this should have been their footprint. Uh, this game represents the highest level of competition for more than 3,600 international athletes and 30-plus unique sports. Uh, it will be held now in early July through mid-July in 2022. More on the specifics and the location, all the good stuff coming up as we spare, share some time with the World Games CEO, Nick Sellers, their chief marketing officer, Pam Cook. It's so good to have you both with us. Nick, first of all, you have already blown us away as you're just knocking out Montel Jordan lyrics while we were getting started. <laughs> so that is enough to allow you the microphone first. So we usually would go uh, with Pam first because I was born in Ohio. Ladies are always first. But you brought Montel, baby. So let's get to it. How challenging has it been in this iteration of the games? Uh, or did you just kind of ride the wave of what the world has had to do and just shift a year back? Because, uh, this would we'd be celebrating the backside of, of right. your games right now in a regular time. It's been really challenging. You know, uh, we're part of the International Olympic Committee ecosystem, Jason. So, uh, in fact, six of the competitions that were competing in Tokyo just now, those many of those same athletes, most all of them, will be competing right here next summer for gold medal again in the World Games. So, we are under the patronage of the IOC, and because of that, when Tokyo had to postpone, it created this cascading effect for so many of these global international sporting events. World Track and Field Championships had to move. It was this wild rest west run to try to get new dates a year following the Tokyo Olympics. And so we had to move and find dates very quickly. 
it impacted our TV deal, which thankfully it actually it got better for us. And we'll talk about that new deal uh, broadcast all over the United States and globally through the Olympic Channel. All of our venues, we're in 10 different venue clusters across the greater Birmingham area, all of the international federations of sport. We were working 15 plus hour days for about six weeks, pulling it back together. But we were fortunate that we did, and there's a lot of silver linings that have come out of it, including brand new venues that we'll get to showcase to the world. Now, when you guys think about the logistics that are going to occur a year from now, are you operating under the impression that COVID is still going to be a thing? So we have to have all of this infrastructure for testing and and uh, you know and, and basically the monitoring of everyone's uh, COVID testing. And I mean, that's a great question. Yes, the answer is yes. We we are fortunate in Birmingham to have some of the world's leading infectious disease doctors um, and scientists on our medical committee. So we're getting real-time information in concert with CDC and the federal government about what we expect this virus, this this new variant to do. And obviously, we've got to continue to hope that the, the world takes this vaccine, that we continue to, to do the right thing and be safe. But we fully believe right now, man, that we're going to be the first major international sporting event, at least on American soil, with full venues again. Uh, and that's a big deal coming out of these Olympics. Birmingham, one of the birthplaces of our nation's civil rights movement, is now going to lay claim to a great reconnection of humanity around sports and music. Nothing nothing connects the world better than those two. We're talking about the World Games coming up uh, next July. It'll be the fourth anniversary. Talking to uh, the CEO of the Games, uh, Nick Sellers, and the Chief Marketing Officer, Pam Cook. Pam, uh, I guess you get the fun part. It's, it's the 40th anniversary. It, it's the first time these games have been held in the United States. I don't think Amin was born the last time. <laughs> The games were in the United Relax. States. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with that being said, how how major is it for World Games 2022 Birmingham to light those Roman candles and, and really make this a celebration as well as a competition? You know, as you said, you know, this is the second time these games have ever been played on U.S. soil. And for it to be held here in Birmingham, Alabama, the cradle of the civil rights movement, and we get to showcase our city and how we have moved beyond, you know, their great lessons and legacy in the civil rights movement and everything the city has done uh, to move everybody forward, especially people of color. But Birmingham today is a shining star. We're the magic city. You know, we, we burn everything here in the magic city of Birmingham, Alabama. So we get to show that off. We get to show off our world-class medical facilities and these amazing uh, hospitals that we have. We get to show off these amazing zoos and museums. We, we have a beautiful Negro League Baseball Museum here. We get to show that off. We've got a world-class motorcycle museum here. If anybody's a motorcycle enthusiast, you want to be here to come and go and see this. And oh, by the way, where World Games are going on, we've got these fantastic venues. So we're ready. We're ready for everybody to come to Birmingham. Just like I told you, Jason, you come here, we'll get you a good barbecue plate, a good ice cold Coca-Cola, and we're going to go watch the World Games. She, knows <laughs> so she, she already got me, I mean, she knows too much. <laughs> what was the process like, Pam, for, for the bidding of the games? And, you know, obviously you're competing against other locations, both domestically and internationally, trying to get these games. How did Birmingham separate themselves and what was the entire process like? You know, I'm going to defer to Nick on that because he was part of that. And it's a it's a really beautiful story to hear about how we, we landed this bid. Yeah, well, uh, it, it, <laughs> some of that even predates me, but it was five plus years ago, guys, mm-hmm. that we started on this journey and, and bid for the games. We got, we're one of three finalists. Uh, it got, came down to us, Lima, Peru, and Ufa, Russia, 
Okay, I'd never heard. I mean, but but it leaves here and it goes to a small little town of 16 million in China called Chengdu, China. Once and once it leaves uh, Birmingham in 2022. And I think what the World Games were looking to do was to get back in the United States to help that brand be reunited. LA 2028. There's great connectivity to the Summer Olympics in 2028, and we're going to make it even better with. Uh, we haven't even announced it yet. We'll announce it on your show with a run of our nation's military veterans, able and disabled. From Los Angeles, Memorial Day, they'll run that American flag and they'll run the World Games flag across the United States, mm. it, culminating in opening ceremonies, great connectivity um, with our country, reunification of our country, we believe, coming out of the pandemic and, and with the Olympics. And so the World Games wanted to be on American soil again. They wanted to, to create that brand identity. And the Southeast, they know, is a great place for sports fans uh, of all sports. And we really define these games, uh, I mean, as the new generation of sports, because some of them you know and love, man. Sumo, men's and women's, karate, Muay Thai, kickboxing, gymnastics, lacrosse, women's softball, the same teams that were competing in Tokyo. But then sports you've probably never heard of before, like korfball, which is like a 21st century basketball with 10, 11 foot rims, and they're smaller and you can't pass it. It's co-ed. You, you, uh, it, it's the biggest sport in the Netherlands. Or canopy piloting, where these athletes are jumping out of helicopters, they pop a parachute a thousand feet before the ground, they got to drag a foot across a water runway and land at a precision point. Drone racing, parkour, where these athletes are jumping over cars and sides of walls, uh, sport climbing. Those are the new generation, the emerging sports around the world. And if you love sports, you'll get to see all of it. And mean sold, I can tell. Your eyes were lighting up. You're sold. You're ready to come. Yeah, all right, man. Anything with people jumping out of a helicopter, trying to or you're at a plane and <laughs> trying to land in a precise spot, man. That you sold me there, absolutely. Pam, in terms of marketing, you know, like you said, you guys have all these new sports that maybe the traditional sports viewer is not a, as accustomed to or or hasn't even heard of, but you know, just needs the, the I guess the 30 second elevator pitch, just explain what it is. What what kind of steps do you guys do? Is there are there like uh, informational videos that you put together leading up to the games? So Yes, we have a lot of videos, a lot of visuals. Uh, social media has been a big piece of what we do because we know everybody gets their information using the, the device in their hand. So let's utilize that tool. When we're doing that, we've got a number of influencers, uh, some people that participate in these sporting events, as well as just your regular everyday people who have large followings. You know, the influencer game is strong and it's very mm. strong in America. So we're going to capitalize on all of that to help educate people about the games, get people excited, want to come. We want to talk to people and get people to choose Birmingham as your vacation spot next summer. Come hang out with us here in Birmingham and let's go to all of these cool events and check this stuff out. Why not? Right. <laughs> Come on, Pam. I hear you. Pam Cook and Nick <laughs> Sellers from the World Games with us here on Forward Progress. It's Amin Al-Hassan sitting in for uh, Kirk Morrison. I'm Jason Jackson. Pam, you must I'm work for the Convention I'm and Visitors Bureau. I mean, that you got, oh. when you're not there, you must be. Pam, Pam like, let me tell you right now. You had him at barbecue plate. He hasn't heard any <laughs> another words. Zero selling need to be done. Listen, it's what we do. You know, it's what we yeah. do. We eat a good piece of barbecue, ice cold Coca-Cola, and we enjoy sports right here at the South. So you're welcome anytime. And for your listeners and your viewers, make sure they log on to the website, TWG2022.com. Tickets on sale right now. They're selling 
very fast. So some of these sporting, sporting events are starting to really pick up early. But just go on and start start shopping and seeing which games you want to go to and get everything set, get the family set. Come on down. Again, I'll let you know what barbecue places we're going to all go to. It's okay. We got yeah. plenty of them. <laughs> and she's being humble, guys. But I'll tell you, when we knew we needed to market this thing in a big way and reintroduce this brand in a big way outside of Alabama, at least around the southeast, we think of the half million fans that are going to come and enjoy these games over 10 days that most of them will come in a four to six hour drive time. We had to find the best marketing mind we could find in the community. And we went to the rising star and, and she's a rising executive of Coca-Cola United Bottling, which is why she's saying, enjoy that beautiful, that wonderful. Ice Coca-Cola Coke. came in for sure. Uh, well, I was like, Pepsi is not a vendor. <laughs> <laughs> but they're a great partner. They're, they're the presenting sponsor of our closing ceremonies, but she is not only doing everything for them in terms of, uh, DNI and multicultural and marketing. She's also leading this incredible reintroduction of our city to the world. That, I want to talk to you guys about that because both of you did lead with the very important history of Birmingham and what it stands for, uh, for specifically the black community and, and our entire nation's growth uh, throughout the 50s and 60s and some growth we're still experiencing today. Uh, Birmingham seems to embrace that. Uh, it, it's interesting as we tell these stories uh, in different pockets in the nation, disappointingly, folks don't want to rewrite history in the proper way, or at least retell history. There's no rewriting of it. It's just yeah, properly right. telling the story of what's going on. Uh, how has Birmingham dealt that? It seems like uh, dealt with that specific issue. It seems very well listening to you two. Well, it hasn't always been well. Pam can give you a little bit more insight, but I'll tell you from, from my experience, you know, there's a tipping point that can happen in a city one way or another, Jason, and, and something special is happening around here, man. Forever we chased Atlanta, we chased Nashville, we chased Jacksonville. We had this sort of self-image issue, you know, and it's hard to get somebody else to love you if you don't love yourself. I mean, that's just sort of a bottom line relationship thing, especially for a community. We had a lot of fits and starts, a lot of past failures, candidly, but we got a, 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 this young vibrant mayor, a guy named Randall Woodfin, that's really sort of taken the helm and brought people from all races and genders and walks of life socioeconomically together. We've got a new leadership emerging in our corporate community that's bringing people together. And there's this kind of notion that, you know what, we, we are a pretty darn good city. Let's stop trying to chase everybody else. And, and this is a coming of age moment. As I said, we're trying to get, we're starting to get comfortable in our skin in this community. These young folks are moving downtown. And the World Games is going to be, we think, a jumping off point mm -hmm. for something even better. I agree. And, you know, again, we're so fortunate to have so much young leadership in our city, which helps us turn the page and even, you know, be a new book on the shelf now. We can rewrite history, and that's what we're doing. Nobody is ignoring the past or the things that have happened here. It's part of our DNA. It's part of why we are who we are today. We've got to have that foundation. My parents grew up uh, in Selma, Alabama, you know, during um, the, the height of the civil rights movement. So you can imagine the stories I've heard growing up, but they were very intentional as a lot of parents on making sure that your children go to school, go to college, that they don't know. I don't know the segregation and the separatism that my parents went through being educated because I always went to school with everybody. And that was part of, they were intentional about making sure of that. And we make sure we go uh, continue that going forward. 
Birmingham is just a beautiful city. It's a great melting pot. People are coming here from all over. We have a huge tech community. A lot of people don't know that. It's a vibrant tech community that's happening in Birmingham. I always tell people, it's interesting, when you come visit, you never want to leave because the weather's great, the food is good, and the people are wonderful. Three things that make up a great, great city that anybody wants to live in. And that's why the World Games is going to do so well because the hospitality is just overwhelming. So you'll have this moment of history to now that you get to experience. And we want everybody to come and see it. And it's wonderful. We're excited about it. Right. We certainly have our challenges, guys. We do. But uh, we, as Pam said, we don't run from it. When you, when you fly into the Shuttlesworth International Airport, Reverend Shuttlesworth, you see in clear imagery the pain and suffering that our city went through. But that is, is again, as she said, this kind of shaped us into who we are today. I don't think we're, we run from it at all. I think it, it helps to make us understand we are better together. And, and Birmingham is finally getting that, man. We, we separated forever. But this new generation is pulling us together. What kind of programs or initiatives do you guys have to tie into the local community? Uh, whether it's <laughs> Tell them about today. Perfect. We've got a lot of initiatives. we got a wonderful lady, Kathy Boswell, that's leading all of that for the World Games. We just hosted an announcement for a new partner. So the corporate community has stepped up in a big way to make this a success. And a local partner here, Spire, which is the gas company here, has stepped up in their sponsorship. They're giving away 10,000 tickets to the local community so that kids in the area get to experience the World Games. And it's under the initiative called 10,000 Reasons Why. 10,000 reasons why you should support the community. 10,000 reasons why to give back. And part of that is making sure that kids in the area get to experience all of these great sporting events that they may not ever get to see. Um, so this is this is why we do it in Birmingham. And we're very community oriented here. We can't we can't move without making sure we give back and pay it forward. It doesn't happen. And guys, we're doing it. We're sitting in the AG Gaston Boys and Girls Club yeah. Community Center, which Dr. Gaston obviously is a legendary figure, figure not only in the African American community but in the business community. You know, uh, first black millionaire. Yes. started a penny savings bank right here in Birmingham. I think you you probably learned a story about him. Dr. Gaston, up. find a need in Philip. Find a need find in Philip. Need Philip. And this community center right here, this beautiful new place, is brand new. It's not even a year old. Is the epicenter of what we're trying to achieve, and that's to make sure that the if, if a rising tide lifts all boats, this needs to be a rising tide moment. We need to make sure that every boat, including the least of these, can float. And Inspire Energy is helping to do that. Nick, Pam, we thank you so much for the time. Pam, it's a deal. We're coming. All right. <laughs> We'll okay. only drink Coca-Cola products while we're there. <laughs> My mother-in-law not invited. That's just the way that's going to be. She can't handle it. So with that being said, thank you so much for the time. More information, TWG2022.com. Congratulations, and we will see you next July. So make thank sure you. we we'll see you. Uh, we also want to say thank you to Misty Buck, uh, the athlete mental health coach that was with us as well earlier in the program, uh, for all of her information. Uh, PurposeSoulAthletics.com. Amin El Hassan, thank you, sir. We appreciate you pushing pause this week on Summer League for a little bit and stepping in for Kirk Morrison. I do what I can do when I can do it. Yes, sir. Don't we know it? And we'll uh, listen to Amin alongside yours truly uh, on Sunday and every Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Sirius XM NBA Radio. For our producer, Fernell Brown, 
my man, Amin El Hassan. I'm Jason Jackson. We'll talk to you next time.